Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Had a lot of questions over the last few days about drafts that are coming up. Obviously a lot that will be happening uh, this week and this weekend. A lot that will be happening next week too once Teamless Tuesday comes out. We're sort of right in prime time. I've had about probably 15 or 20 draft teams that have been sent to me so far. I think a lot of those teams have done really well. But I think the vast majority of them will happen over the next, you know, 10 odd days. So... Big pressure on a lot of people doing their drafts. Uh, you know, obviously this, it plays a big role in the rest of your year. It plays a huge role. Probably plays a bigger role than anything else you do in draft. I personally think the waiver wire is incredibly important. I would say the waiver wire is probably 30% of your draft. Uh, draft day though, it's got to be the other, you know, 70 odd percent, uh, depending on how much your competition does trades and everything. But draft day, very important, especially your round one pick. Now I've had a lot, a lot of people message me this week saying, I'm this pick, what's your strategy? I'm this pick, what's your strategy? For me, it's really simple. For me, if you are pick one, two, three, four, five, your decision is made really easy. If you're one, you go turbo. If you're two, you go cleary. If you're three, you go Teddy or Pappy. Uh, I I think Pappy, if he plays the whole year, will score more points. But Teddy, he is more likely to play the whole season. So you back your gut feel in there. In my competition, uh, the bloke in front of me, Steve, he went Teddy, and I couldn't push back on that uh, in any way, shape, or form. I get that 100%. I went Pappy at four. If I had three, uh, maybe I am a little bit um, biased towards Pappy, and I'm also more willing to probably take risks than most people. I think Pappy will score more points by the end of the year. So I would have probably gone Pappy, but I wouldn't push back on Teddy. 
And with a gun to my head in that exact moment, there's a possibility that I would have gone Teddy. So one of those two there. I think five probably has to be Latrell Mitchell. I think that what I saw from South Sydney the other night probably even got me higher on Latrell Mitchell. I spoke about that Lachlan Illis, he he tended to play on the right-hand side of the ruck. Cody Walker was in first receiver. So you could see Latrell Mitchell becoming the real combo guy with Alex Johnson out the back there. But Cam Murray has still got to come into this side. He's a guy that could play the first receiver role on the left-hand side side and then freeing up Cody Walker. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with South Sydney, but I think there is the potential for Latrell Mitchell to have even more upside in this side, especially if Ilias tends to stay on the right-hand side. Even if Cam Murray does get into first receiver, he will have a middle running off him. A Mark Nichols sort of character will go out to Cody, then he will tend to have his back rower there. And then you can have Latrell Mitchell out the back with Jackson Paulo or, or Alex Johnson, however that ends up being. But Latrell Mitchell, for me, is a clear five. I know in my competition, Cody Walker went. I hated it at the time. Watching him play the other night, he was very, very keen. He was all over the place. I probably liked the pick a little bit more, but I still wouldn't have him that high. I'd still push Cody down a little bit. And the fact that, yes, he was everywhere, but on his strike edger, he gets the vast majority of the points if he's playing first receiver. Uh, that probably hurts him a little bit. We know that Cody Walker is an out-the-back sort of footballer. He's not going to tend to use his back rower as much, so it could decrease his points there. But the way that he was attacking out the right side and everything, it's hard to push back on Cody Walker. I will say this, Ilias, the more games he plays, the more confident he will get, the more and more you will see of him. You could see in the back end of that game or the back end of his stint, he was starting to get more confident and floating over to the left-hand side. But those clear five, those are the five for me. After that, Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. If you land somewhere here, which a lot of people are, for me, you have to go high ceiling. I just, I, I love Harry Grant. Love him to bits. I'm the biggest Harry Grant fan in the world. I told you three years ago, I thought he was going to be the best hooker in rugby league. I just, I'm not confident that he's going to win you a super coach draft competition. I'm not confident that he's going to have those big 150-odd scores. I could be wrong, uh, but I'm just a little bit hesitant on him. I would have other guys probably ahead of him, and there is a lot of risk to it. I've said it to a few people, and they've gone, oh, that's risky, but you need to risk it in draft competitions to win the comp. I think that too many people are stuck in an old-school way of thinking where they're still undervaluing center wings because they're unpredictable. Center wings are scoring more points than they ever have before. And when they go big, they don't score three tries and get 120. They score three tries and they get 150, 160. And those are the sort of scores that we're chasing. Now, from pick six, seven, eight, nine, ten, these sort of picks, for me, you have to back your gut feel in. And I wouldn't be too worried about what people in the room say when you draft your guy. Just worry about drafting your team. Don't worry about the noise of other people. Just draft the guy that you think has got the highest ceiling and he's the guy that you can beat these top teams with. For me, if you're pick 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, you're going to have to beat at least two of Turbo, Cleary, Pappy, Teddy, Latrell in the finals. That's the reality of it. You're going to have to beat at least two of those guys. You might have to beat three of those guys realistically, but you will have to beat at least two of them, in my opinion, to be able to win a comp. And I guarantee you, you will have to beat one of those five on grand final week, whether it's round 24 or round 25. Just keep that in mind that you're going to need someone, if you're in a captain's league, like me, that's going to score more points than those guys. For me, with Pappy, I'm very confident that if I can get to grand final week, uh, I I can do well. I think that they're playing the Parramatta Eels, which isn't ideal, but it could be much worse. You need to consider 
the guys in your competition and what their matchup in grand final week is because it's going to be incredibly important. I look at South Sydney. I believe they've got the Dragons. Now, the Dragons are impressive the other night. In fact, they beat South Sydney. By the back end of the season, I'm not sure if you'll be seeing that same St. George Illawarra Dragon side. They might be beaten up a little bit. The Panthers, they play the Cowboys in the last round. All of a sudden, for me... A guy like Brian Toto becomes very interesting. And if you go Brian Toto, you need to pair him up with Isaac Tago. You want to have that entire left side for that matchup. You potentially want to get Jerome Luai as well, who has got upside in him this year, not having a second 5'8 at centre. I think it will open him up a little bit more. So these are the things that you need to be considering. And for me, if I'm not pick one to five, I need to take some risks. Now, I've already spoken about in my competition how the first round went. Some of it made sense to me. Some of it didn't. Uh, And it's each to their own. Turbo, Cleary, Teddy, Pappy. Walker, Latrell was the first six. Then we had Munster, Fafita, Grant, Ponga, DCE, Ruben Garrick, um, Hines, and Angus Crichton. For me, I wouldn't have Angus Crichton in the first round. I'd probably let someone else take him. I would, off, off the back of seeing how good Jerome Hughes is looking, I would potentially push him into the bottom of the top round. Kalen Ponga, I'm pushing him out. I mean, I, I said this all offseason that I wasn't overly confident on him. I said that I probably wouldn't take him round two or round three, and people laughed and said... You're full of shit. We've seen two trials. Um, last week, I, I think he scored five super coach points against the Canterbury Bulldogs, who defended like shit on their right edge, which is Kalen Ponga's absolute golden real estate there. And then yesterday, we saw him against the Melbourne Storm, who are a good side. There's no doubt about it. But Newcastle hung in the contest there. I think KP had seven runs. I mean, that's just not good enough. He didn't have any attacking stats. He had a couple of knock-ons. He looked a little bit disinterested to me, to be honest with you. And if you've ignored the advice of myself, rub down this year, and you took KP in the first round, I'm telling you, you've got to be a little bit nervous after seeing what we saw yesterday because that was very, very alarming to me. Uh, He finished the game happy, smiles, cuddles, but... During the game, he just looked a little bit disinterested. He came up with a couple of good defensive plays. He also missed a couple of tackles, which is going to happen at fullback. But when you're not getting those big attacking stats, those negatives. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. They really do hurt you. Um, He had seven runs. For 70 metres, he had two tackle breaks. He made four tackles. He missed one, and he had two errors. I mean, that score sheet for Kalen Ponga isn't overly pretty. Uh, He gets 14 points from runs, assuming that they were all 10 metres. They probably weren't realistically. uh, All over eight, sorry. So he's at 14 there at absolute maximum. Two tackle breaks. He's at 18 there. Four tackles, if they count them all. This is off NRL stats. You're looking at 22. One missed tackle. You're looking at 20 plus two errors. I mean, you're looking at a score... Around 15, I would say potentially even lower, to be perfectly honest with you. So it's a serious worry, KP. I I cannot understand a world where people draft him round one. It just makes no sense to me in any way, shape, or form. We've had two trials now that weren't 80-minute trials. I understand that. They played Canterbury, who were resting a heap of their stars. Then they played the Melbourne Storm. I mean, Canterbury finished last last year, remember? Then they played the Melbourne Storm, who rested a heap of their stars and had a heap of new guys all over the place, and Newcastle held their own. He's come out of those two games with an average of about fucking seven. 
I mean, that has to be worrying people. I don't think you can take KP in the first round. I would be pushing him well and truly down your draft list. I thought he went way too early in our comp. Uh, other guys, you know, David Fafita, he's a guy that you need to back your gut in. I'm not overly keen on him, but if you believe Fafita's going to have a big season, he's going to score a heap of tries, he's a guy that you could take early. I'd be pushing, you know, if you get picked 13, 14, my target would probably be try and get DC and Garrick. These guys might, might slide a little bit, especially if you get to pick 13 and 14 and you've got other guys in your comp that maybe have left Grant, have maybe left Fafita, have maybe left Angus Crichton. Could be a good little stack that you could get there. But my main point in this first round, do not pick a guy that's going to make you relevant. If you want to be relevant and you want to make the finals and that's it, fine. Go ahead. Get Angus Crichton. Get one of these guys. But if you want to genuinely win a comp, take a bit of a risk. It might mean that instead of finishing third over the end of the regular season, you might finish seventh or eighth with a Jerome Hughes and a Ruben Garrick, for example. But you give yourself a shot in the finals to actually win it. And that's what you're there for. You're not there to make finals. You, you obviously don't want to finish last and cop shit from the boys. But you're there to win a premiership. You're there to win a Supercoach Grand Final. You're not there to be relevant. No one remembers who finished second, third. Well, people sometimes remember who finished second. I do because I normally finish second. But no one remembers second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh, eighth. No one, no one even remembers it. We got to our draft day this year doing our challenges and we did reverse order. Mate, we couldn't even remember who finished seventh and eighth because it's irrelevant. It is irrelevant. It's all good and well to make finals, but if you're not there to actually win it, what the hell is the point? Take some risks. Get guys that have ceilings. Get guys that you know on their day with a good matchup, they can beat Pappy, Turbo, Cleary, Latrell, these sort of guys. Take Cody Walker. You know, I, I had Cody Walker around 10 or 11. I might push him up a little bit more now. If you liked what you saw from South Sydney the other night, I know they lost, but trials aren't about scoreboards realistically. If you understand rugby league, you understand that. Cody Walker, he looked pretty appealing to me in that game. Other guys, Cameron Munster, I mean, he's a bit of a risk. He went number seven in my competition, and I sort of thought, ooh, I don't know about it. But, mate, watching him the other day, he looks keen. He is playing both sides of the ruck. He's dropping second rowers on the left-hand tram line and then wrapping down the short side. We haven't seen this from Munster in a couple of years. That try that he set up for uh, for Tyron Wishart, I know he's playing fullback, but just the pace that he has through the ruck and the awareness to do that, what Munster normally does is play in slow motion and wait till guys fall off him and then he takes off. He's injecting himself. I promise you, you will see him score a couple of tries this year off kicks from Jerome Hughes, off passes from Jerome Hughes where they just know the defensive line is on the back foot and Munster just pushes through. And this is what Munster does so well. So for me, what I saw the other day, I would be pushing Munster and Grant up your list. Grant didn't go in our top 14. From memory, he went about 15 or 16, which I thought was really good value. Yep, he went 16, so I would push him up. I thought Clint Gutherson was pretty impressive the other day. I've never been overly keen on Gutho as a super coach player, but the way that stats are rewarded in Supercoach is very suited to the way that the Eels play and the way that the Eels use Clint Gutherson out the back. He's got a really good run to start the season as well. Brian Toto, he went pick, what, uh, 19 in my competition. I thought that was just batshit crazy. He needs to be pushed up. He could be the back end of round 14. If you go Garrick and Toto, which if you would have said this three or four years ago, I'm going to go two center wings in my first two picks, I would have said you're crazy. But in the modern game, for me, it makes sense. This is why in my draft competition, I was happy. If I wasn't going to be pick one, two, three, four, five, I would have dropped back to 14, maybe 13, but pro probably 14, to be honest with you, because I know, I knew that guys in my competition 
would have gone for guys I had no interest. If I was pick, you know, for, for 14, the guys that went before before that, there were guys I didn't even have my eyes on there. They're guys that I don't think can win you a comp. Fafida, Grant, Kalen Ponga, not Angus Crichton. There's four guys that don't even interest me. It would have meant that I had my, my picks of guys like Ruben Garrick, of guys like Nico Hines, of guys like Brian Toe, of guys like Jerome Hughes. These sort of fellows, guys that can genuinely win you a comp. I understand it's risky. I get it. Yeah, I understand that. It's your whole season on the line. I get it. But your whole season is a failure unless you win at the end of the year. And that's the reality of the situation. It's all good and well to make finals. Really shouldn't be that hard to make finals. If you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to the rubdown, you're you're keen enough to be listening to draft podcasts, you should be making the finals in your competition, yeah? You should be making finals in your comp if you're that keen on it and you follow us closely, and if you follow closely enough to be listening to podcasts, getting there is not an achievement, though. Winning it is the achievement, and that's where you want to be, and you've got to take risks. If your draft is this weekend, take some punts, take some gambles in round three and round four on high-ceiling guys. Get your high-ceiling guys because you're going to get to the end of the season and you're going to have other guys that have taken risks that have got high ceilings and they're versing you, and Angus Crichton is the biggest worry. And on a really good night where he scores a try and has another line break, he'll get 110 you'll get 110, yeah? The top-line guys were averaging 110 last year. The guys that you're going to have to beat to win a competition, like Nathan Cleary, like Ryan Pappenhausen, like Tommy Turbo. Tommy Turbo could regress 30 points in his average and average 110, which is the the higher upside of a guy like Angus Crichton, who will probably go at the end of your first round. Just makes no sense to me at all. Don't be afraid to take risk. I've had a lot of people that have sent me in their spot, 1 to 10 or 1 to 14 or wherever they are, and say, mate, can you make a podcast out of this? That's my advice to you. My advice to you is if you have the choice, take 1 to 5. If you're not going to get 1 to 5, you either have a really good gut feel on a Munster, a Cody Walker, one of these guys. You can take 6 or 7 and get them there. But don't take a Fafida and Angus Crichton to a lower extent to Harry Grant. If you can get Harry Grant at pick, you know, f- you know, 15 or 16 in a 14-man comp, I can understand it there. But don't take him round one. Don't take him early round one. Take a punt on someone else. In saying that, if you believe Harry Grant is going to be a guy that can score you 140 points on any given weekend, back your gut feel in on again. I'm just backing mine in, as I always do. You've got to make your own decision in these situations, though.